Australian plans look more barren than the Sahara Desert. They are sending players home mid-series. Players are 100% fit but not playing. What what exactly is happening with the Australian team? <laughs> I saw my co-host went out his frustration on a YouTube video yesterday. And he's here with me today to elaborate on that. And we are going to have some fun. Uh, over to you, Shabal. What's happening? Nice. Good intro. Um, I thought uh, that the plans are not as barren. It's just they're not very good. <laughs> there are plans, but they're not great. <laughs> Starting from trying to sweep everything um, in, the, in the second test. Um, yeah. Hi to you. Uh, hi to all our listeners. Yeah. Frustrated Aussie fan here. Um, look, not that I was expecting Australia to win in India, win the series. That's probably unfair to say. You win the series. One. Yeah. Okay. Win the enough. series. I mean, just when I say win in India, I say <laughs> win the series. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's all good. Um, but I was expecting a little bit more fight. I have to be, I have to be real about that. Um, uh, I could accept, I've said this before, I could accept 2017 lost 2-1 but pushed India really hard in that series and I felt we focused a lot more on our strengths in that series. What I said in the YouTube video yesterday is that it's hard enough to win in India, right? They've only lost two of, what, 50 tests or something in the last 10 years. It's hard enough to win in India but it's even harder when you don't stick to what you're good at. If you're not a good sweeper, don't go to it every delivery. It was just, they just went overboard with it, especially on a pitch that was up and down. And um, yeah, the, the message has got to be just stick to your strengths um, and, and, and really try to be as selective as you can be against some magnificent spinners. But yeah, if you're trying to sweep every ball on an up and down pitch and you don't get runs, well, that's no surprise. Let's let's go back to 2017. So what went right? Was there... Was there... From from memory, was there an over dependence on Steve Smith even then? Well, Steve Smith scoring runs in that series was a massive plus, but I also see the performances of you know Matt Rencher in that series. He looks out of his depth, unfortunately, in this series in the middle order, but he was pretty solid at the top. I thought Hanscom in that series did well. I thought Steve O'Keefe was excellent in that series, and Nathan Lyon was excellent as well. So I thought we had players right down throughout the lineup contributing quite well. Of course, headlined by Steve Smith. Um, unfortunately he hasn't been in the runs in this series and that's really hurt us. Um, but in that series, of course, I know the tour game, Steve Smith said that it wasn't very beneficial because they played on what was like a green pitch, but to actually be in India and just be out in the middle and get used to the conditions yep. is a big benefit. Absolutely. This time, this time, right, they had, I remember writing this in an article and telling this to you in a podcast, it was only 10 days when they left the big bash and then flew over to India. You're not leaving a lot of time to get ready. Yeah. And, um, and I understand that, I understand the big bash now, Cricket Australia were absolutely desperate to get the Australian test players playing in it because players had left for the UAE league and players had left for the SA 20 league. So they were desperate for the, for the integrity of the competition to have the test players there. So they put that uh, financial aspect and that importance ahead of a proper preparation for the India tour. And they just look underdone. Were they, were they overconfident to some, to some Not really. because I, I'd of say, their, I'd say their the, home, home season? No, I'd say the opposite. I'd say they haven't believed in themselves enough. 
That's my view. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, not not on the tour going into the season, going into the tour with the, um, with the preparation uh, yeah, and and yeah, and I'd probably just the, say a bit of naivety that were coming out. Probably say a bit of naivety and negligence rather than overconfidence. It's just to think that yeah, we can get this big bash done, um, and then and then get the guys over and they can prepare adequately enough for it. It's doesn't reek of overconfidence, but just a bit of negligence, I think, because yeah, you you, you run it short and you don't have time in the middle. Um, and then you got all the all the players going home now. Goodness me! Yeah, um, it feels like yeah, England in the let's... ashes here in Australia. Now I know how the England fans feel. Oh, let, let, let's touch on that with with Ashton Agar being sent mm. home to play in the play in the domestic um, shield shield games. What what do you make of that? Is he what went wrong there exactly? Is he bowling? I don't know what's happening. Like, is he bowling bad in the in the nets? Is he injured? Is he he's just not match ready? I'm not sure what's happening there, and and to have someone like Matt Kuhneman come in and make his debut ahead of Ashton mm. Agar, to be fair, Ashton Agar is not that, you know, he when you look at him, he doesn't give you give that red ball confidence, but he was there. He was the first selection on tour. Even Swepson's there, who hasn't played as well. I can't figure out, you know, what the plans exactly are. In my mind, they just don't know because of Mitchell Stark not being fit or was fit but wasn't played. We'll come to that as well. You know, Mitchell Stark and Cam Green not being there, it has just sort of all the all the plans have gone just out of the window and just they have said just let's let's play whoever's there and and let's go with three spinners and see what happens. Yeah, I think it confirms my point. I was thinking I was telling you he must be bowling really badly in practice, whether it's on the center wicket or in the nets, Ashton Agar. And I remember the South Africa test match at Sydney last month and uh, he couldn't land two balls in the same spot. So the worry was there um, that, you know, that he wasn't consistent enough because he hasn't done a lot of red ball bowling, a lot of white ball stuff. But they still picked him. They still picked him. They said, we'll back you because you can bat a bit as well and all that. But yeah, he must be, especially if they're sending him back to play in Sheffield Shield. That doesn't suggest to me that there's an injury there because he's going to go back and play. It suggests to me that he needs to go into an environment where there isn't as much spotlight. Of course, there's still going to be attention. But there isn't going to be, of course, as much spotlight as a test match in India and and get back into some rhythm because it's not yeah. just... It gives me Steve Finn vibes from the 2014 Ashes where he was unselectable because of his bowling in, in, in practice and he couldn't land it and all that. It gives me those sort of vibes. So yep. I'm disappointed because What's... he could have he could have offered some value, but yeah, it just hasn't happened. And then coming to Mitchell Stark, we heard a statement during the week saying he was hundred percent fit during yeah. the second test, but yeah. wasn't yeah. he wasn't he wasn't played. Like yep. why would he not do that? Why would he not have your best fast bowler possibly second best fast bowler uh play every possible game especially on this kind of a tour where he can he can bat a bit as well he has a 99 yeah. in india yep um and and go with the tried and tested formula interesting question i mean were we asking that question where india was seven down for 139 probably not those bowlers that were there put, got india into that position and but but feel... that's the thing. That's sorry, sorry. Before you go on, that's mm. the thing I wanted to touch on is Mitchell Stark is that kind of a bowler who will clean up the tail yeah. quickly, uh, and and that's where he comes in. Is when it was one thirty nine for seven. He you need someone yeah. like a Mitchell Stark to come in and sort of I get you clean the tail tail by one seventy one seventy five or one sixty. Fair. 
Um, that's true. Uh, even though the, given the way Aksha's batting, it's not a guarantee that Stark blows his middle stump out, but or his front pad off. But yeah, look, there's definitely a case for him. But the question for me is like, Todd Murphy went that well in the first test. Nathan Lyon is Nathan Lyon, and then you, you you've got both of them. They're quite well. They've got a little bit of differences, of course, but they're both off spinners. So you need that variation potentially taking the ball away. I think we missed that in Nagpur. So they thought, oh, we need to get that extra spinner in. But of course, then there's the option of Stark. Now, I've been hearing some comments, seeing some tweets that Pat Cummins, if he wasn't the captain, would he be getting picked? Now, this is a tough one because the guy is the best bowler in the world and he's an absolute champion, but he hasn't looked effective with the ball in this series. Now, is there a question that if he's the captain, is he an automatic pick? Can you go with the three spinners and Stark? I don't know. And then you have Green there as well. I mean, I don't know if you can do that, but if, if the indoor track is is, is going to spin a lot, right, do you go with two off spinners and leave out the left arm spinner, who I thought did okay on his debut, Kuniman? Or do you go stuck? It's a it's a, a decision I guess you've got to make close to the time. But there's, there's pros and cons of both. I just think and, we'd, and first of all, the... we need to get more runs on the board, though. That's That's... Yeah. the biggest priority too and and that's the trouble like back when it's hard. Australia was still selecting who the next captain was going to be you know I back Pat Cummins and I love Pat Cummins to bits and remember what wrong, I said he's a, he's said a, there's going to be some issues there's always yeah. going to be a problem having a fast bowler as captain and, and, and well. that's yeah and and yeah. that's the thing because he you know coming into subcontinent if if your fastballers don't perform, they are at a bigger risk of getting dropped than the batters. And um, yeah, you know, with Pat Cummins being that fastballer, the only fastballer in the last test, he did he didn't bowl himself a lot as well. He just bowled 13 overs in the entire test match. And that meant, you know, there's that meant the pressure was on the on the spinners. And mind you, a couple of the spinners one of them was making his debut and one of them was only playing his second test match. So that's, if you, if you, if you look at it from that point of view, that was a pretty heavy pressure on those bowlers and, and that's kind of a bowling lineup. And that's where the question comes in for, for the team management and, and for the selectors is, is Pat Cummins droppable one? And second, if he's dropped, which fast bowler comes in, it, um, you know, 99% it's Stark. But then, who takes the captaincy reins? Is it Smith, or do you do you give it some to someone who is in line for the next captaincy bit as well? Maybe an Alex Carey, or maybe Tri Manus, or maybe you know someone like who uh, who is sure going to take it, you know, from Pat Cummings in let's say a couple of years' time or three years' time. I think it'll be Smith. Look, if 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 they let Cummings out of the team, so they leave Cummings out of the team, hypothetically speaking. I can't believe we're talking about that, to be honest. Pat Cummins talking about leaving him out of the side. But if they do, then I think Smith, just for this environment, let Marnus and, and Carey focus on their games right now. They've got a lot to focus on and and, and leave the captaincy to Smith, who's done it before. It's a hard one because I I just feel Pat Cummins, I don't know, he just hasn't seemed himself in this series. I'm not sure if you feel the same way. Body language-wise, um, his bowling hasn't quite been uh, his usual self from the very first over that he bowled in the series, just not not the usual Pat Cummins, the usual brilliant one. Because I thought in Pakistan last year, we talk about subcontinent conditions. Those pitches were extremely flat. 
and he bowled. He yeah. still bowled beautifully and uh, bowled Australia to victory in that last test. So it's not as if he can't do it in the subcontinent. Um, but he's just not not getting that reverse swing like uh, the Indians are. Didn't try the bouncer until it was too late uh, in that partnership, the Aksha, uh, Ashwin partnership. I don't know. I think we just have to, the, the, the guys have got to make some brave decisions, the selectors, and yeah, we'll see what happens there. All right, let's talk about the next test match. Mm. Um, indoor. 3 um, 0. Who. Who? <laughs> Let's at least pretend. Let's pretend. Who's uh, who's uh, who's coming in for you? Who's coming in 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 the Australian um, lineup? And who are you dropping? We know David Warner's not there, so how's that going to affect the balance? I'll bring in Matthew Hayden, Justin Langer, Ricky Ponting, Damian Brunson. <laughs> you wish. You wish. Hey, I do. We, I we, do. We have earned this now after so I many know, years. We have earned I this. Know. Yeah, can we go back 20 years? Anyway, <laughs> um, who would I bring in? All right, Cameron Green for sure. I think he should be fit, hopefully. He was pretty close, I think, for the second test from what we were reading. So Cameron Green, uh, Renshaw goes out. Uh, Warner goes out. Uh, head to opener, um, even though there is an option of Hanscom there. But I thought Head did pretty well um, at opener in the second innings. I do worry about Hanscom maybe against the new ball, against the seamers. Doesn't give me the same confidence that he does against spin. So I've got uh, Head and Kawaja to open. Of course, Marnus and Smith there. Um, Peter Hanscom at five. I bat him up the order. I just think Hanscom is wasted batting with the lower order. So get him up higher, as high as you can. Get him in five. Cameron Green, Alex Carey. Big test for Alex Carey coming up. Let's see what he does. Um, it's a big test for him. Can't sweep absolutely everything. Then the bowling, well, it depends on the pitch. This is the stuff I'm I'm, I'm quite stuck on. Um, but say, look, if they go Cummins, Stark, and the two off spinners, that's a handy attack, I still think. Because um, you've got so to You're be... only going with two spinners and then you banking on Travis Head. Yeah, and uh, Stark's reverse swing. Um. So three three off spinners in a lineup where there's no left handers in a in a in the top six. Well, the question is which. Well, having said that, the, the the most runs have come from the two left handers who are not in the top six for India as well. So Correct. You 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 know. Um, Correct. Now, but but that's you, you the told thing. me that's, at the start. Know, now you having, told me. At, now I'm going to challenge you here for a sec, because <laughs> you told me yep. at the start. Why wouldn't you pick Mitchell Stark? Now, who's the guy you would drop? to accommodate Stark. Is it, you can't drop Lyon, of course. Todd Murphy took seven. Is it Kuhneman? There's no left arm option, as you just said. So what is it? It's difficult. It's tricky. Well, it, it depends really, because if you're looking at Stark to give you that batting option. Yes. That's why I picked or him if in you, my if, 11. If, 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 if you're looking at, sorry, if you're looking at Cameron Green to have, to being that all-rounder mm. who can bowl fast, you know, a quick few overs. Do you need Do you need Mitchell Stark then to come in as well? So if you, I wasn't, I wasn't sure Cam Green was going to be fit. That's why I said you need Mitchell yeah. Stark because if Cam Green is fit, then you can afford. Hopefully, you can afford to have Mitchell Stark or Pat Cummins out. And yeah, then that's that, true. That, no, I agree with that. Yeah, that, that allows you to have someone like a Matt Kuhneman or even Mitchell Swepson to come in. 
Yeah, agree with you there. And but but the, the reason why I pick Stark is he offers the left arm angle, reverse swing, can yep. clean up yep. the lower order and can yep. bat. So I think about impact. But say Australia go with the three spinners on a turning pitch with Cameron Green in the side as well, and Pat Cummins and or Mitchell Stark. I think that's a handy attack and it looks a little bit more well-rounded, a little bit more depth to it. You know what I'm saying? So, but first and foremost, the guys have got to score runs. I've got to find ways to score runs. Look at what your strengths are. Try focus on those. Now, I've seen a report today that Matthew Hayden said um, that he's very willing to go in and help the guys speak to them and all that. Now, Andrew McDonald has responded and said, if Matthew Hayden can add value. Now, I look at that statement, I go, that seems very passive to me. If Matthew Hayden can add value, of course he can add value. Come on, come on, uh, Ron McDonald. Come on, buddy. You know, like uh, better than that. Let's be more assertive on this tour. It just comes, it's just the overall mindset. I've looked at it and said, come on, let's, let's go with our strengths and fight. Let's give it our best. Is there, is there a lot of, I don't know how to respond to that because if, if, if someone offered me, Whoever I am in my position, if someone offered me, you know, oh Matthew Hayden wants to talk to your talk to your boys about how to play in India, I'll like, please come in. Hundred um, percent, I would too. Can. But then I saw another comment today that Matthew Hayden's got a very close relationship, as we all know, with Justin Langer. So how's yep. he going to be with the boys when the relationship just was a bit fractured there um, when when Langer left? But but it's Matthew Hayden. It's yep. Maddie Hayden, you know. One of the best Australia has, has ever And he produced. basically swept his way to like average of 51 in <laughs> we India. We talk and... about a sweep shot. He had a pretty good sweep yep. shot. He can give the boys some yep. tips on how to do it. So I don't know. It's just, it just all seems a bit, eh, how you going from Australia? Come on, let's lift. That's just what we say. And yeah, look forward to the third test. Um, well, I'm, you're not really looking forward to the third test, but... <laughs> um, looking to, looking whatever, forward to talking happens. more, I guess, and, and having a laugh whatever about happens, it. Whatever happens, we'll be... We'll be here doing the cricket dailies. Yeah, on can't the first wait for those. March and... Mate, we'll do three of those uh, once yep. again. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, we've yep. been talking a lot yep. about Australia, um, India. I've I've seen that Kyle Rahul he's been named in the squad, but he's not vice captain anymore. So it looks likely that he's going to be dropped. I think yep. you called for it at the end of the test. I think I think he he should be dropped. Um, he has been given a long leash, but I think if he if he plays. I, I do want him to score runs, you know, just please, please score runs because all the, all the, you know, the, all that he's been subjected to on Twitter and social media, obviously I don't yeah, agree with it. Yeah, it's been a bit harsh. Yeah. Um, you know, he, whoever plays in the playing 11, obviously I want them to do well, but at this stage, based on his performance, he doesn't get in my playing 11. Um, I would rather have someone like Shubman Gill play for the reasons that I said, um, in the in the day three review of of the last test, goodness me, he's in brilliant form. Wow, yeah, he is in form. brilliant form. I know it's white now ball is cricket. the time. Well, wow. now is the time to give him the longer leash with the players. Still, you know, players like Rohit Sharma, Pujara, you know, Ashwin, you know, Virat Kohli, all these players still around. Now is the time to have him play for longer and and you know have, give him that support. So I would have him come in, and then I really want. I really hope it's a flat pitch uh, and not like a raging turner or anything only because I want the top six to score runs. You know, I, the the top six for India has been a bit dicey to say the least Agreed. in the last couple of years. There hasn't been a lot of consistent performances put in. 
and I really hope we get a big score. You know, everyone chips in. We had, you know, Aksar Patel, Ravindra Jadeja are not needed to bat, and then the spinners and the and and Siraj and Shami come and do their job. I also hope Umesh Yadav gets a game, at least one game in Indian conditions. I would love to see Umesh Yadav as well. He's awesome in Indian conditions. But that's where my disappointment stems from for Australia, from Australia's perspective as well. It's like, I mentioned this in my video yesterday, that we've had the opportunity to bat first twice and the India top six has been inconsistent. So all of a sudden, immediately there, you've got a fantastic opportunity to put a bit of pressure on. And we did in that second test, but then we completely let it slip. I don't know. It's just, I think it's just that looking at that, that each game is a real opportunity to be competitive and enjoy the battle. Get out there and have the stomach for the fight. India did it here in Australia twice. That's got to be enough motivation for us to go there and do it. I'm not saying it, it, do I expect to win uh, the series. That's a big, big ask. But to go out there and fight a little bit more than, than the team has, especially in the second innings of the matches, it's been pretty bad. That's, that's a wrap of the BGT for now. And yeah. now on to your favorite word, Bazball. Bazball. <laughs> Definitely not my favorite word, but all right. Uh, what about that for whatever England? floats your boat? What about that from England? Um, talking about Australia, we've got to go over there for the Ashes in a few months. Uh, ominous signs, I think. Um, just demolish New Zealand. I know it's a New Zealand attack that um, inexperienced compared to years gone by, but still, that was quite calculated from England. It was, and I think, I think having Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum has breath like breathe a new life into this England team after the last sort of couple of years during COVID and, and even before that. Mm. My my question is and I'm always going to be skeptical about, you know, all by all means, whatever gets you success, play the game. It's it's cricket. There's no set way to play any format. If you know obviously you know you have to play quicker in T20 and and one day is but when it comes to test there's no set format that this is how you have to play you have to sort of block your way out on the first day first session second session and then score you know as the day gets easier it's it's the same argument that you could put put on the pitch argument as well like the pitch discussion as well there's no set way on how a pitch should be curated for a test match so by all means england if they are f- having that success with the style of play that they are playing, showing currently, go for it. My question is when they have, they have pretty much done it with a set group of players, you know, there's not many changes that have happened when it comes to these, these England, this England squad from right from when Brendan McCullum took charge what happens when new players come in and they don't quite follow that or they can't quite follow that style of play? How long is it going to be sustainable for? And does that create a sort of favoritism between the management when Brendan McCullum says, okay, he's not performing, but he sort of adheres to my style of play. Zach Crawley is an example. Zach Crawley is an example who... Well, he's had a lot of boys well, definitely had more low scores than high ones and they've continued to persist with him, right? And no, I agree with you. Look, the sustainability question is one that we always talk about, but but of course I want to touch on I, I, I don't like um giving credit to England, of course, as an Aussie fan, but but just under a year ago, I think from memory, they lost in the West Indies. 
They didn't pick either Stuart Broad or James Anderson. And look at them now. They've crossed over a 1,000 wickets as a pair playing together in the same test over their careers. a 1,000 wickets plus together. Just a remarkable performance by England because I know they haven't won in New Zealand since 2008. They've always struggled there in the last 10, 15 years and they just demolished the Black Caps. Just in like game. Australia and India. Yeah, it's like that. It really is. Um, (laughs) Where's the lie? You're not lying. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, but I agree with you. I mean, the thing is, is not only in terms of the personnel, but in terms of change of conditions as well. So when you get pitchers that do a little bit more, this is why I'm fascinated to see by what pitchers England produce for the Ashes. Because if you're going to get good batting pitchers, then the likes of Marnus and Steve Smith, I think will also enjoy those tracks a lot as well. Absolutely. But if you produce pitches, if you produce pitches with a little bit in it, England have got the pace attack to make inroads into Australia, but Australia have also got the pace attack to make inroads into England, especially if England are going to throw the bat at everything. So it makes it really fascinating, but England at the moment playing some wonderful cricket, a great brand of cricket. They've won 10 of 11 tests under McCullum and Stokes and uh, some cracking victories in Pakistan. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's what I mean. That's what I mean by how long is it sustainable yeah. for? Because with the Ashes coming up, five tests, you know, it'll be interesting what kind of uh, surfaces are curated for the, for the series. Because as you said, you've got um, Manus and Steve Smith who, who will perform. I'm, I'm highly confident of that, but you got, you know, um, Travis head, you got, whoever opens, if not Warner, um, you know, you got Alex Carey who, who can bat bat as well. You got Pat Cummins, you got Cameron Green, um, who can attack as well. But on the flip side, you have these ballers, these brilliant ballers, you know, Pat Cummins, Mitch Stark and Josh Hazelwood pretty much, and then Scott Boland, if he if he takes Scott Boland to the ashes, which I think he will. Um, you know, and Cam Green and Nathan Lyon. England can be panicking real, real quick if it if it doesn't go their way, playing the same style, and and we can see the the media sort of, you know, crumble so quick, and and all the all the fans of of this style of play at the moment who are going gaga over this, can you know can come back to bite you pretty quick. Could happen. Could be a series like twenty fifteen where. One team smashed the other. Then the next game, the other team smashed the other one. Then it just yo-yoed. Uh, but yep. I don't know. Um, I think it promises to be a fascinating series, uh, the Ashes series later in the year, because, I mean, uh, Australia going to really test the, the likes of Harry Brook, no doubt about it. He's had a wonderful start to his career, striking at 96 runs per 100 balls with an average of 77. It's not bad after five games, but... They'll try to find a way to examine him a little bit further. There's going to be a lot of planning, I think, from Australians to how they keep England quiet, build enough pressure, and then, of course, England are always going to be looking to score quickly, um, how yeah. they get the better of them. So, no, look, I mean, uh, first and foremost, New Zealand got to find a way. They were smashed to all parts. New Wagner went for eight and a half and over in the second innings. And, and that's the thing, because what, what I was what I was just saying before you move on is... Um, you know, England playing this style of play is 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 going to be on everyone's radar. Um, you know, whenever, teams are going to plan against it, yeah. And and teams are going to start planning with a T20 style sort of mindset in 
um when when they when they strategize and when they make tactics against playing england so when you know players ballers take the field they know what what they are going to get every single time and they are going to plan for that of course and but for now i think england can enjoy it they've had, they've had a great revolution uh with with their team and i just think the bowling attack as well from england particularly anderson and broad i know robinson bowled well too but those two i don't know how james anderson in particular does it i just don't know he's 40 years of age and he's continue he can go on as long as he wants he can go on as long as he wants. He's not far from 700 test wickets now. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So credit yeah. to him. Yeah. Credit to England. They're doing well. And, you know, I look forward to that Ashes later in the year. I think Australia are going to have it tough. I am worried about that series. I'm not going to lie. But I look forward to it <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> what I am looking forward to, though, semifinals of the T20 Women's World Cup. So instead of talking about the Australian men's team stinking it up in India all the time, um, let's talk about a positive story. Australia dominating again in the T20 World Cup in the women's side of things. The semifinals have been decided. Australia versus India in a blockbuster and also England against South Africa. So Nash, as an India fan, how are you feeling ahead of that semifinal? Um, talk to me about India. Where do you see them at the moment? Because it was a bit... Um, squeaky bum time against against Ireland there for a bit. What do you reckon? Look, look I think Harman Preet Kaur not being in form um mm. has hurt has hurt India a lot in the, in this in this World Cup. And even against Ireland, it was slow going. It was slow going. It was um there was no urgency from the batters. Even though Smriti Mandana did play a good innings in the end, you know, they ended up with 155, but it was they they shouldn't have only got one fifty five in the first place. They should have you know got at least one seventy five, one eighty because they knew that the net run rate or or the rain delay is going to play a big factor. They should have you know started scoring a bit faster from the from the get go, and and that's where my skepticism comes into play against against Australia in the in the semifinals because Australia has been. You know, it's Australia. It's Australian women's team because they have been the sort of the benchmark or the standard that everyone wants to play at when it comes to the when it comes to uh, world events or when it comes to cricket in general. You know, this this Aussie team has really shown the way forward of how a team should approach the game and and play the game. But on the flip side. This Indian team has been a real thorn in the side for the Aussie team as well for the last couple of years, for the last few years actually, and you know they have they have really challenged each other at times. They have you know right from India breaking that streak last year um, in Australia, and and you know even going back to the two thousand seventeen World Cup, um, this this Indian team that does Commonwealth uh, Commonwealth Games Commonwealth finals Games as well, as well. Yeah, they... and and. Pushed Australia really close. Absolutely, yeah. because this team really brings the best um, when they play Australia, and that's what I'm really looking forward to when they play tonight, and and really hoping the toss is again going to be key if if the weather doesn't, you know, because the weather might play a big factor, a uh, big factor again. So let's see what happens. But I'm really hoping for India to go through. I'm not uh, at this stage. I'll still give them a fifty-fifty chance, and. 
Um, 50-50. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm positive. I'm positive because I'm I'm I hope I hope um Harmanpreet Kaur and Sridharan who who are the sort of the not sort of who are the most experienced in the side really turn up on this big event and and you know show the le- leadership skills and and lead by example. I think I think we we'll, we are in for a great game. Um on on the other other hand I think England and and South Africa are on the same footing as well with South Africa really playing well with the 10 wicket victory yesterday over over Bangladesh I think um it has set the tone for them and England look very good England, England do good, look so very good England wanna... do look very good yeah. but um with with mm. the with the form that South Africa is coming into uh in this game um based on their last game I think I think it's going to be it's it's going to be a real motivation for the South African players as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just touching on that India game, India, just too many dots. So they've got to sort that out against Australia. You can't be facing the 51 dots they faced against England, against Australia. Otherwise, you're next to no chance. Yep. 41 dots against Ireland. Still a bit, maybe a bit too many. Um, and and so that's, that's the thing. With, I think India, when it be, comes got to be proactive as you can be. Yeah, and that's the thing when it comes to T20 is you have to look to score every ball. You, the mindset has to be that at least I'm getting a single of this ball, not not a dot at any stage. Correct. You know, you have to sort of keep nudging the ball here and there and not dead yep. bat the ball um, right down at their feet. Agree. Got to be more proactive um, because Australia certainly are. And I just, just threw it again for Australia that, a terrific group stage. They make me feel very safe. Make the Australia fans feel very, very safe. Um, you know, watching them is just yeah, you got to, it's something we expect now to win all of our games. Um, but what I look at Australia is how many different contributors we get in different games. So, Elisa Hill has been you know the only player for Australia to hit over a hundred runs in the tournament so far. But Beth Mooney has hit. Um, a 56 not out. Meg Lanning's hit a 48 not out. Uh, Talia McGrath's hit a 57. Elise Perry hit a 40. Ash Gardner has taken a Pfeiffer and hit a 28 not out. So it's just contributions right the way down. So if India are going to beat Australia, you're going to have to get the better of every single player in that side who are elite players. There's yep. a lot of players to get through. It's like the Indian men's team. You've got to get through the top six but then you've still got Ashwin, Akshar Patel, and these guys down the. It's a similar kind of thing with the Australia women's team. Is that this got depth and quality right the way down? So that's yeah. going to be the big question for 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 India. But Renuka Singh, magnificent bowler. I look mm. forward to seeing her how she goes. She gave Australia a lot of trouble last year at the Commonwealth Games. She's a massive, massive uh, key for India, along with with the others uh, working together as a team. In limiting Australia's impact, but who knows? The, Remember in 2017, Har- Harman Preet Kaur produced the performance yep, out of nowhere. Absolutely, kind of thing. That's what I'm expecting. Something like that is always expecting. Oh, you gotta expect it. Hoping, no, hoping. Any, 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 Sorry, wrong. Anything, anything words. less, anything wrong less. Wrong choice words. And That's F. what I'm hoping. <laughs> of course, and it can happen in a big game, in a knockout game. That, you know, one player fires on the day, and in this T20 format. Anything's possible. So now I look forward to it. It should be a, a terrific contest. Um, I'm hoping for an India-England final. You're hoping for an Australia-England final, I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, Australia-England so we can beat England again. Yep. 
Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> but but I will say England are looking very impressive. I'm impressed with their attack and also the balance of their team. They're looking good. Um, but, but yeah, whether they can same with South Africa is stepping it up in the big games. They've got there now the uh, South Africa after a very shaky start, losing to Sri Lanka in their first game. But they're there and they're coming with some confidence, as you said. So two fascinating semifinals. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's our quick wrap-up of the Women's World Cup. And to listen to the full podcast, please go on Apple and Spotify or follow our Twitter account as well at the Craig Block Podcast. And you can follow Shabel at Craig underscore block. And you can follow me at Nash v. Sun on Twitter as well. Keep uh, subscribing. Please subscribe to the channel, keep commenting, keep liking and keep sharing and do let us know in the comments how we go and if you want to listen to any other discussions and feedback and thank you, Shabel. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to all the subscribers. I'll see you again here for the Cricket Dailies for the third test and the fourth test. Take care.